Hello, and welcome to the FM Podcast. I'm Jen Fritz, and I run Fritz Media, a music publicity and digital marketing firm located in Vancouver, Canada. And this is episode number 50 of the podcast. So the topic of this week's show is carving out your own space. And joining me on the show is Toronto musician Sandra Boza. Now, Sandra and I had a great chat about how it can be hard to find your place in the music industry when, you know, you don't fit into one specific genre. And she tells me how she decided to carve out her own space by, spoiler alert, just being herself. (laughs) I really felt a connection with Sandra during this conversation. You know, I identified with a lot of the experiences that she was talking about by uh, just, you know, being a woman in the music industry. So I think you're really going to like this one. And just a quick note that this episode is the final episode for season four of the FM podcast. I'm going to be taking a short break and Lord knows I need it, (laughs) but I'll be back soon with even more music industry wisdom for you. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Sandra Boza. Well, hello, Sandra. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing okay, actually. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday, and Monday is not one of my favorite days in the <laughs> in the world. But you know what? It's fine. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good to actually see your face. You know, we talk on email all the time because uh, full disclosure for the listeners, uh, we're actually working together on a project right now. But we've never like done a Zoom or or anything no. like that. Yeah, and I'm hap- so happy to actually like because I love working with you so far. It's been it's been a few months. It's been great, and Yay. so actually getting to like meet personally, well, like screen wise, personally, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> <I> awesome. <know. laughs> what a weird world we live in. Hey? It's like, so true. It's so true. <laughs> you're in Toronto, so uh, we've we've actually n- never met in person, which is it's so weird when I work with clients like that too. Which happens obviously. Yeah. Everybody lives all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Nice to to see your face. Um, to get things rolling here, uh, I'm going to ask a question that I ask pretty much everyone that I interview on the podcast, and that is, how did you get your start in music? Uh, well, like I've I've always been very musical. Like I think I played my first gig when I was like, I think it was like 12 or 13. Because my sister and I always played guitar and piano. I played piano, and then I took up guitar, and we always sang. So we were always like, my parents were always like, let's have to sing something at all the family events, right? So we played, like, my first gig was at La Contessa Ballroom in Toronto. Um, the neighbor was having a party, and then the owner of the ballroom heard us sing and asked us to perform. So, yeah, we were, like, I think I had to be, like, 11 or 12 or something, something very young. So it was always kind of a part of my life, but we were also raised by, you know, an immigrant father who came here. Like, my dad's from Spain, so he came here to, like, make life better. He doesn't understand a career in music, right? So for him... Like it wasn't very something that we could do. So even though we were super musical, I like I wrote my first song, I think in grade five, like we were always playing music, musical, musical, musical. My sister went to school for biological science. I went to school for history because it was just and now we're both in music. (laughs) Like she kind of she just flunked because she was miserable doing what she was doing. Like I kept going. I did enjoy history, but I went to Scotland to do my master's in museum studies 
And I think the second week, yeah, the second week I was there or the first week, maybe I met a guy on the beach playing guitar and we started a band. So like I was always one foot out the door. Like it was sort of drummed into my head that I couldn't do music as a career, but I was always like, oh, something inside of me was like, but maybe you can. So I remember it was this specific moment I was doing. We were doing a battle of bands in Scotland. And I remember I was we were playing a song and I was singing lyrics that I wrote to a song that I wrote. And I remember people were just so into it. And I remember having this moment of like I, connecting with because it was a song about hangovers. It was called the drinking song. And I remember singing and even though it was a stupid content, like it was still the, the, I think the, the hook was like, I am never drinking again. So people were just super into it and super connected. And I just love that feeling of having all these people vibing to this song that I wrote. And like, we were all kind of unified in this moment. And so I remember I kept going with my masters, but that moment for me was like, I want, I wish I could bottle that feeling that I had. Okay, so the the topic for this week's show is carving out your own space. And I wanted to talk to you about this because you're an artist who has like um, sort of dipped in and out of different genres. And Mm -hmm. you're kind of hard to to pigeonhole into just like one type of music. How would you describe your music? Uh, That's something I kind of struggle with. And um, I don't know if it's... I love that I I love so many genres and can do so many genres. But yeah, it's kind of hard when you're trying to describe so lately, what I've come up with is lyric-driven soul with a roots rock edge. Ooh, I like that. It's, yeah, <laughs> and, and because soul is always, like, I've, even when I didn't think I was doing soul, people kept saying, your voice is so soulful. And I remember, actually, Samantha Martin said to me, because I, was, I was, wasn't sure who to go with for my producer, and I was like, I kind of want to do the soul thing, but I want other elements as well. And she was like, remember, you are the one who brings the soul. Mm. And it always stuck with me. Because it was just finding that right combination, right? Because I grew up with a folky mom yeah. who like raised us on a healthy diet of like Peter Paul, Peter Paul and Mary, uh, Paul Simon, Simon and Garfunkel, Neil Young, like. And then I discovered like Janis Joplin and Hendrix and Zeppelin, and like so I had that folky element. And then you know, with the Spanish side, like I grew up with Spanish music and gallego music from the north of Spain is where my family's from. It's like gaita, like bagpipes. So. I had that folk element, but then when I discovered like jazz and soul, like that, that stuff drove me. Like I loved it. I connected so deeply to it. So yeah, for years, I just did not know what I wanted to do, to be totally honest. Like I, I thought I should just do like acoustic singer songwriter, but then I really wanted to do like Erica Badu, soul, that kind of stuff. But then I thought maybe I should do rock. Cause I could do the rock stuff so well. <laughs> like I really, I was all over the place. And I think there's pros and cons to that. It's like, yeah, you can't really pitch it all. So when people ask you what genre you are, it's like, ooh. I mean, this I really like this lyric-driven soul because it's it does have that element and lyrics are so important to me. Yeah. But it's got a bit of an edge. And that's why this new producer that I'm working with now, like we've become really good friends. And we bonded over that era of music that I love so much, like the Laurel Canyon era. And like, he's a big Zeppelin fan. Uh, his name's Ross Hayes Citrullo. Like he's, we met when I was doing a live stream at the Empire Theater during COVID. He was the engineer. And I remember talking to him. He was just, I didn't know who he was. I just walked into the control room and there was this like hairy guy on the board <laughs> and he was like, great show. And I was like, thanks. And we just started chatting and we just, you know, when you meet someone, you just get along right away. And we were talking about Laurel Canyon and that era, like that's, I love that stuff. Like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, like I, Neil Young, like that stuff is so important to me. 
And he's the same, like that's totally his, his wheelhouse, right? That's the stuff that really drove him as a musician and his band, the commoners, they're kind of like a, like a Southern rock style too, like very seventies vibe. Yeah. And so I remember he was like, I'm a producer. And I remember thinking like, I was, I was at a place in my life where I really didn't want to work with anybody I didn't feel like connected with. And my last producer was great. Hill Kirkudis, she's amazing. But she's more on the pop side. Yeah. And so I tried to go that side a little bit, but there was something that didn't, something in it that didn't speak to me. And she, she did a great job. Like she did exactly what I asked, but it was, it's still what I wanted and what I was still wasn't gelling somewhere, you know? So when I met Ross, I remember saying like, I'm going to work with this guy. And then I felt like I should actually just check out his stuff first. Cause I had no idea. Just, like <laughs> just him in so case. Much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a little, like I could be a little impulsive sometimes. I was like, yes, let's do it. And I'm like, Oh, can he even produce? Like maybe he can't, I have no idea. <laughs> so then I, you know, I looked him up and like, he's great. We started talking and, and like, it is like, a, it's such a great combination, not only because we become really good friends. So we communicate really well. Yeah. But also because that I, like Samantha Martin said, I bring the soul to it. And he brings that element of music that I grew up with that I love so much. So it's sort of a perfect combination, right? Yeah. Like this, I, I love this album. Like my last album, I, I think it's a great album, but again, there's this element of me that's missing. Mm. So I don't connect, like I listen to it and I, I think they're great songs and Hill did an amazing job. She's super talented and I love her too. Like absolutely not a knock on her. But there's something in that record that I just wasn't connecting to in myself yet. Yeah. Whereas this record, like this record, like I feel as the older, the older I get, the more me I become. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about aging before and people resisting aging yeah. and like, well, no, because the older I get, the more me I become and the more me I like. Yeah. You know, I, I like who I am. And I think if you're resisting aging, then you're not finding out who you are because I think that's how it should be for everybody, right? So this, anyway, sorry, I'm going off. That's all right. I love it. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> um, so this record, like it's more me than anything I've ever done. Yeah. Like it feels like me and it feels, you know, Ross, like he was so good at like, if there was something that I didn't like, but I couldn't vocalize it, he would just know. And he would say like, uh, he would actually just say like, you don't like it. Why don't you like it? Why? Why don't you like it? And he was like, it's like somebody poking you, like a little brother that's just... But he was right because if he knew, because he knows me and because we became such good friends right away, if I loved something, he could tell. And if I wasn't sure about something, he could tell too. Yeah. And so like this... That's good. That's a good producer actually that yeah. that yeah. asks questions like that. Like that's... It's almost like, like a therapist will do that sometimes too. Like... It, yeah. Like... It's kind of just, I had a really good manager I worked with actually too that did that to me that was just like, always say more. Like, yeah. so that you're just, it's like, you know what, why you don't like something, but please explain that more yep. to me, yeah. right? And you'll kind of always get down to the the core of it at at some point. It's It's a really good tactic because it forces you to go, why? <laughs> why do I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, because in the past, I think I've, if I haven't been able to really vocalize what I'm thinking, then I would just assume that it was me. Like I I had, I I did have not a great experience in Vancouver with a producer. And he was just kind of, I think, trying, like, you know, he's not a bad person. He's not a bad producer, but I think he was just trying to like get it done. Yeah. And I, I was young. And so if there was something I didn't like, I remember I tried saying, I'm not sure about X, Y, Z. And he would kind of say like, well, what are you talking about? 
Yeah. This is how it goes. And yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, like there was, there was a baseline I didn't like. And I said, and he's like, well, you have two choices for a baseline. It's either one, four, five or like one, five, whatever, like very theoretical and technical. And I remember thinking like, I don't think that that's the case, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I came from museum studies and now I'm making an album. Like I was in academia for the first chunk of my life. So obviously I'm, I'm the one who doesn't know what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to shut up. Yeah. So I felt very silenced. And, um, that's, that's kind of how, like, being silenced is a big theme for me right now in my life and and resisting that, silencing myself, being silenced by others. And I think with this, with Ross, like, working with Ross, he wouldn't let me silence myself. That's really interesting. Just, like, from a personal standpoint, I really connect with that because my biggest thing in life, and I think that this, all of the things you're talking about come with being a woman in general. And my biggest thing in life is being heard. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Like, cause I know when I was in my early twenties working with predominant, I worked in radio and I like worked predominantly in with men. And I mean, I work in the music industry, so I still work predominantly with yep. men. I mean, I know it's changing, but still it is predominantly with, with men. And that is my biggest thing. And as you get older, I think you understand that oh, actually, I do know what the fuck I'm talking about. And even if yeah. I don't, my what I have to say still has value in this conversation. So, yeah. you know, that's that's the yeah. thing that's important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, like I still catch myself doing it. And, you know, and there's there's people around, like men in my life who I love and who I, I know are are open to ideas, but will not, under, not ever understand the concept of silencing yourself because you were raised in a patriarchy where you're made to feel like you should silence yourself or accept that you're being silenced. And so like, well, you should have spoken up. Why wouldn't you just speak up and like putting it completely on you instead of acknowledging that you have a part to like speak up, but also acknowledging that you were raised in this patriarchy where you are conditioned to believe that you don't have the choice to speak up or the choice to say no. Or the choice to to express yourself, or you know, we're always women have to be pleasant and pleasing, and you know, all of those things. And so, like, it's yeah, it's it's difficult. Like, there's actually a song on this album that I wrote in Vancouver around that time, and I think I wrote a lot of songs in the past, and I didn't maybe know at the time what they were about, but they just came out of me. Yeah. And there's a song on this album called Shine, mm-hmm. and the 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 hook on it is you couldn't shine like you wanted to. You couldn't talk about it. You couldn't figure it out. And and I believe around this time, I was like, I felt silenced. I was silencing myself. I was allowing myself to be silenced. And so, you know, this, I wrote the song 15 years ago and I'm only covering it now. And it's one of my favorite songs in the album. Yeah. But it's significant. That. No, it, exactly. And I mean, obviously, uh, it's something that most women feel. So <laughs> here we are, yeah. like saying we, we're experiencing the same thing. Oof. All right, we've gone off on a tangent here, but that's okay. Sorry, yeah. I know. I love this discussion. <laughs> this is so exciting. I love it. <laughs> I love tangents. So no, it's great. Uh, just kind of bringing us back to the the carving carving your own space topic. Mm-hmm. In 2019, you, you won the Toronto Blues Talent Search. Uh, yeah. How did that? affect your career and, and how people see you <laughs> as a performer <laughs> so can I, I tell a really funny story about this actually yes please. so um I never identified myself as a blues artist I, I didn't feel comfortable acknowledging identifying as a blues artist I didn't think it although all modern music um modern western sort of like pop popular music is from the blues like we know that yeah. so I acknowledge that 
but I didn't feel comfortable acknowledging myself as a specific blues artist, right? But people kept calling me a blues singer, and I found it like I, I, you know, I like going to blues jams, and I thought it was really fun to sing on blues jams, but I didn't think of myself as a blues singer. And I'd have these people just like kind of people saying she's a soul singer, she's a blues singer. I was like blues singer, but. Then, so my friend, I don't know if you've, have you heard of Dawn Tyler Watson? She's a Montreal blues artist. I don't think so. No. She's amazing. She's a very good friend of mine. And uh, she actually won the International Blues Challenge a few years ago. She's amazing. And so she was always like, enter the Toronto Blues Talent Search. Enter the search. Enter the search. Enter the search. And I kept saying, Dawn, I'm not a blues artist. I'm not a blues (laughs) artist. I'm not a blues artist. So finally, in 2019, I entered it to shut her up. Ah. So I paid my $10 and I entered this. I was like, fine, now you will leave me alone. I've entered it. I expected to like never hear back. And then I get entered as a finalist. I was like, oh, damn. And then I won it. And like, <laughs> I mean, I am super grateful. But now Dawn will never shut up ever, ever again. <laughs> uh, and she was like, I told you. I'm like, okay, yeah, you did. But it, it was it was huge. It was a huge, um, like I was very honored and very very just over the moon to have won that and it also like the toronto blues community sort of opened its arms to me and still has like they sent me to memphis later that year yeah or in 2020 right right before everything went down um (laughs) they sent me to memphis to represent toronto like they've they've got me gigs they've sort of you know promoted my stuff like so they've really it's been a significant thing for me like winning that I mean, it got, I had festival performances that only happened last year because COVID pushed everything a few years. So I had festival performances as a result of winning that. So it was definitely a big boost to my career. Uh, my career that had been kind of just going like this for a long time, partly because I didn't invest in myself. So I had a, a hand in that. But then when I won that thing, everything kind of started going like that. And then COVID. <laughs> and then COVID, <laughs> yeah. It all down. And, and, and for the, <laughs> it, for the it, listeners, she's doing a, a plateau hand gesture. <laughs> Sorry. She plateaued and right. then the blues <laughs> shot her into the sky until COVID, which we all know dipped her back. Back down. Back down. Yeah. Yeah. It dipped us all down. We, we understand. It right. did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, like, as we've discussed, uh, I would call you a bit of a, a musical shapeshifter, which I have in, in the press releases yeah, I've I sent out. <laughs> I was like trying to find ways to describe you, but that's kind of like, it it really describes you, which, which, you know, means it's hard to find one space to, to build your career in. Yeah. You've talked about a bit about how that's, that's been challenging for you, but I mean, how has that affected how you, you build your, your story and career if you don't have like one genre? It has been like, I can't really say that I've nailed it down yet, to be honest, but the thing that I am sort of acknowledging is I also don't want to because with this last album, I was saying I tried going more into the pop world. So I was trying to like conduct it somewhere. And if I've learned anything in my short time on this earth, um, when I try to conduct things, they never go away. I <laughs> want them to. Do, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when I step back and like let go of control, stop trying to control everything, conduct things and shove square pegs into round holes, when I stop, things usually just work out the way they're supposed to. Mm. And I mean, that's not often like it. Sometimes it's not for the better, you know, but the way they're supposed to. So this record, like I kind of just let go. I met Ross, we connected. I let that connection do what it did. And so, yeah, it is hard to fit into any one genre, but I'm also just making music that I'm so, so, I'm going to swear, so fucking proud of. I'm so proud of, like I listen to this record and I enjoy it. 
Like yeah. for me, I've always been my own worst critic. So I listen to stuff and I'm just like, what could I have done different? How could I change that? I don't like this. And I listened to this record. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I love listening to it. And I also like people around me, you know, like all these different songs. And I like this one, I like that one. So I think there's also a pro, like, yes, it's difficult to fit into a space, but then you've got, it, it's, it makes it more accessible. Because mm. I remember when I went to that blues challenge in Memphis, I remember thinking like, I brought my album. I remember thinking like people aren't going to, you know, they're going to buy this album after seeing me in a blues challenge. And then they're like, what is this? And I sold a few and it's all a ton, but a couple of people after seeing me went to the blues challenge store and bought my album. And I got messages saying like, I love this record. One guy in a blue society, I can't remember. He's up North somewhere in a blue society. He sent me an email and he's like, I found you at the blues, I sent some blues, I think a radio show maybe. Mm-hmm. And he said, normally, this is not the kind of stuff I would listen to. But I have to admit, I haven't been able to take it out of my CD player. Ah, And that's my last record. And that, so I think people are more diverse than they give themselves credit for. Like, I think people are like, I'm a blues purist. Like, I think deep down, everybody can access different elements of music. Like, I love all different forms of music because there's something in every piece of music for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you dig deep, and, and I learned that from doing covers. Like, I spent years playing covers like working overseas, doing cover gigs. And I, I still love doing cover gigs because I love sitting in the background. Like I did one last week, sitting in the background, just singing like Etta James and then Joni Mitchell and then like, <laughs> you know what, Van Morrison, like just whatever you want. Like I, I love singing covers. I love reinterpreting other people, like songs that I grew up with and I love. So I think I went off topic here. Oh, Somewhere. listen, that's the name of the game. So don't worry about it. <laughs> we have entire episodes where we didn't even get to the topic. So it's... <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's great. I love that so much. <laughs> don't even worry about it. <laughs> We're at least talking, talking about the topic at hand. We're just like going off on tangents. I think that's fine. <laughs> okay, excellent. Excellent. I think that like what I'm hearing from you is basically it's better to carve out your own space instead of trying to fit into like five different spaces. Like if you were trying to fit into like, say the roots Americana space or try to fit into the blues space or the pop space, um, the soul space, whatever, it's better to just be you and see who comes to that. Right. Yeah. Well, cause on this record there's songs, like there's one song that fits so hundred percent into the Americana space. And then there's a song that fits into the like Southern rock space. Mm-hmm. And then there's a piano ballad. Yeah. And then there's, you know, I mean, there's, uh, and then there, you know, the one I just released, Good Vibrations, that's like a blues soul tune, right? But it's not so vastly different that if you listen to this Good Vibrations and then you listen to the rest of the record, you'd be like, it's, it's not even the same artist. Like you, there's still a, a theme of the same person and the same feel and the same vibe and the same voice, right? Yes. Like that's what, that's what I love about, yeah, just myself. Like, th- that's why I say this is so myself because I, like all humans, we are dynamic in nature. <laughs> and I think we feel differently on different days. And like, this album is, it sums that up entirely. And it, it's, I think it's such an album of strength too, because the songs are pretty much all about like pushing through. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in conjunction with having like so many different elements of all the music that I grew up with and loved and discovered on my own. And yeah. And then like the simplicity, like ending with um, not ending, but one of the last songs is that piano ballad that was the first single. And I mean, ending with this like simple, like this is me, there's nothing to hide behind. Yeah. 
like the thing about the last records that Hills thing is sort of that all the really cool sound, which I love. I love that too. Like the cool sounds and all the production. Um, but I think I also love that on songs like the city the piano ballad, there's nothing to hide behind. And like, this is me. Yeah. And you, I think that, uh, you do feel that on it as well. Like, I feel like I know who you are on that song. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like you yeah. do bring that element to it. And I guess that's what your producer was talking about. You bring the soul, right? See, it's funny when you said that, like it almost made me emotional because I feel like I spent so much time hiding who I was from everybody, including myself, that for you to say, like, I maybe I'm just like hormonal, but I'm like really emotional. I feel like almost teary. Oh, it's When you okay. say like, like, I feel like I know who you are in that song. Like that, I want people to know who I am because I didn't want to know who I was for so long. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm sober and clean and I spent so many years using drugs and alcohol to hide who I was from everybody, including myself, not wanting to feel who I was. Right. So that you can say, like, I feel like I know who you are is, is it's one part scary yes. and it's one part like, um, just incredible because like, I want people to know who I am because I'm proud of who I am and I've worked really hard to get here and I'm continuing to change that, you know, grow and learn who that person is. And so I think if that comes through in my music, then that's like a huge accomplishment. Like we can't, there's no guarantees in this industry. You can't have expectations. We can have hopes and dreams, but like, it's just, there's some incredible artists who have just not gotten off the ground. And so if I can, at the end of the day, know that I made music that I'm super proud of that, that shows me and who I am, then like, that's, that's huge for me. That's it, baby. That's like, <laughs> like, that's like, the thing is, is like, the music's there forever, right? So yeah. hopefully we don't know what's streaming, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But like, like once it's out there and if you're proud of it, that's that's fantastic. And okay, so we're going to wrap things up just a little bit here. Uh, we've been talking about this new album of, of yours. It's called A Sound in the Dark. It's uh, set for release in September on September 29th. The first single was The City, which we, you were just talking about. The second single recently came out called Good Vibrations. How do you feel like your album rollout's going so far? Like how, how, what has been the response to the music? Um, it's been good. Like some of the reviews have been amazing. And, you know, and I really appreciate because I feel like I've been doing this for so long. But again, for years, I wasn't investing. I was just playing and playing and playing and playing. But I wasn't investing in myself and really putting myself out there. So a lot of the reviews are saying things like, how have I not heard of this person? And, and I love that because finally, you know, maybe people are starting to hear my music. And I hope that that continues. You know, it's, of course, like you always want it to be bigger and you always do the comparison game. Like I look on Instagram mm. and I see somebody who just released their first album and they did it with their friend and they're like, oh my God, 10,000 streams after a week. I'm so, thank you so much, everybody. And I'm like, I've been doing this for a million years. What am I doing yeah. wrong? So yeah. yeah, there's a part of me that wishes it would, it would explode and do better. And, and I mean, not that I want to be a global superstar, but that I, you know, I want to quit my day job. I want to make music my full time. And I mean, in order to fund my music career, it can't be, you know, in order to pay for these albums and the production and everything that goes out with releasing a record, I have to work multiple day jobs. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, yeah, I would love, like, I feel like people are really responding to the music, but at the same time, it's not enough. And I don't know yeah. if that's just me being impatient or ungrateful, or if it's just like, you know, I, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's no, I totally know what you're saying. I mean, what yeah. you're saying, I hear a lot from, from artists and, 
I think that the thing is, is that there's just so many pieces that have to come together for, yeah. for it yeah. to work, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like say, for example, like publicity is just one piece of the pie, right? Yeah. There has to be like yeah. all of these other things that come together. Yeah. And uh, whether that comes together or not, like, like is up, up to fate <laughs> and sometimes yeah. just yeah. good timing. Like, exactly. you know, like you said, we all know artists that are incredible, that never yeah. made it. So yeah. it's, that's just the business. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. And yeah, you, there's no, there's no guarantee. And you just, you, you have to keep doing it. And, and I mean, people say like, you do it cause you love it. And you know, sometimes I get annoyed. Cause like, yeah, but I'd like to, you know, have, I would like to make too. some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the fact is like, nobody forced you to do this. Like nobody, mm. yeah. no, I have a master's in museum studies. Like I could have gone into a very comfortable life, but mm-hmm. this is, this is what drove me and I wanted to do this. And I had, I had something to say. I felt like I had something to say. I think that at the end of the day, like what you're asking how I feel like I've definitely gone way off and um, I don't want to sound like sort of self-pitying because I think sometimes <laughs> I tend to go there a little bit, but I think um, ultimately at the end of the day, like when you say, how is, how is the release being received? Like, I think the best way that these songs can be received is for people to say that they connected to them somehow. Like I had a friend um, reach out to me and she reposted good vibrations and she, and it was a couple of weeks after it came out, but I think she just saw a post somewhere and, and she shared it. And she said, and somebody, I, I don't know her very well. She's sort of a friend of a friend, but she, she posted and she said this song, I just heard this song and it's so relatable. I just have it on repeat over and over again. Cause like what you're singing about, I can, I can feel it. And I felt that. And that, that to me is like, that's how I want. If I got a few messages like that for every song release, I'd be over the moon. Oh, well, you are doing it because I felt it with the city. So, you know, like that is what you're doing. <laughs> so <laughs> be proud of that. <laughs> Thank you. I, I am. Thank you. All right. Well, now it's probably a good time to, to head on over to our fresh content segment. Every week on the show, we discuss our favorite piece of music content for the week. And we always like to start with the guest. So what do you got? So my, uh, just an album I cannot stop playing right now is Leon Bridges, Gold Digger Sound. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I discovered it sort of uh, by accident, I want to say. It was on, I think, where was it? It was on like a a recommend, I was on a, a, it was actually a couple years ago. I was on the Halls Island residency mm-hmm. uh, last summer or the year, a year before, I can't remember, but it came up on my something like you, you might like this. And I'm like, Oh, I've never heard this. And I played it. And like, I couldn't the whole weekend. I, I was there for 10 days. And I think for the last five days, it was just nonstop. Leon <laughs> that one album in particular, it's just, it's so moving and so warm. And there's just so much emotion in it. And like, again, it ranges. Cause he's got, he's a soul singer and he's got like um, the first song. He, he does a song with Robert Glasper, who's one of my favorite artists. And then he's got a song with ink. And it's like kind of got an acoustic element and it's a duet, but he's still got the soul. It's still that same thing throughout the whole, it's yeah. still him. Yeah. It's just, it's, I, it's been a couple of years and I still like, every time I have a long drive, I'm like, Leon Bridges, like, I just can't stop listening to that record. It's so good. No, it is good. He's, there's that thing, like, like, you know, what, what you said, you bring the soul, um, it's with any t- type of music. You can tell if there's emotion behind it or if there isn't, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's the key. It's authentic. Like, I think, yeah. 
I think people know, like humans know, even if the audience does can't put their finger on it, they know when something they're listening to is authentic or inauthentic. I think mm-hmm. we know how to identify that subconsciously. Yeah, agreed. And if there's like emotion behind those words and what you're saying, and I can feel that, then yeah. then that's that's what makes you connect with an audience, right? That's what makes yeah. somebody go, oh, I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs> like- yeah, and that's that's the... That's the stuff. That's the <laughs> That's juice, baby. That's the juice, yeah. More of that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so my fresh content is super basic, but I don't even care. It's for, <laughs> for my girl, Taylor Swift, uh, who, <laughs> who I love. I'm a Swifty, just FYI. But, uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but uh, she just... She's been re-recording her albums because fuck the man. And uh, she just released her Taylor's version of the album Speak Now. Uh, It just came out uh, available for everybody to stream. Don't stream the other one, stream this one. And I'm recommending it because this album in particular she had to make because when she started her career, everybody was saying she was manufactured. You know, she can't be that good. There's like there's a big machine behind it. All of those things can be true, but she is also one of the greatest songwriters of her generation. And this album, she wrote all of the songs by herself, just basically to say, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Here we go. (laughs) I will prove to you. (laughs) And, you know, the songs are written by someone who's much younger. So, of course, you can sit there and go, well, whatever, you know make fun of them or whatever. But she's an incredible songwriter. Um, She always has been. And just, you know, give props to my Taylor, who is, I, you know, love that she's sticking it to the man. Um, yeah, and- I love that too. That was <laughs> such a power. It's such a boss move. Oh, the best move, right? Them. Right. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For, I'm sure everybody listening to this knows, but uh, she couldn't get her masters back from Scooter Braun, who has since sold them. He doesn't own them even anymore. But uh, yeah. Trash anyway. Bag. Trash, yeah. trash, trash bag. bag. Yeah. <laughs> so she said, you know what? I'll just re-record them. <laughs> yeah. And actually the the idea for that actually came from Kelly Clarkson via a tweet, which is so funny. It's <laughs> so cool. Isn't it? I love Kelly Clarkson. I think she's another one, like just powerhouse. Like she's... personally, like like just the things that she says musically, her voice, like she's just just a I love her. Me too. You can't like if yeah. you hate her, I don't know what's what's wrong with you because you just you you have no soul. Yeah, you have, exactly. you're a jerk. You're a jerk. You hate <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. The best. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I I really appreciate you taking the time, Sandra. Thank you for the good conversation. That was it was great. Thanks for having me. I feel like we could have talked for three hours. <laughs> well, that, you see, that's the problem. That's I, the problem. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and I have to like limit it because I'm doing the editing. So. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Okay, I don't have so, to edit all of this. Yet. Yeah, like the first season, I would have just, I just let everything ride. And and now yeah. I'm like, actually, I don't have that kind of time. So <laughs> yeah, I can, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Uh, That was such a good one. I really hope you liked it. And thanks again to Sandra for coming on the show. Thanks so much for listening to the FM podcast. If you like the show, please tell your friends and give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show. So if you can take the time, we'd really appreciate it. 
The FM Podcast is produced by Fritz Media with production assistance from Carla J. If you want to learn more about Fritz Media, check out our website at fritzmedia.ca. And if you want to learn more about the podcast, just go to the fmpodcast.com. As always, a big thank you to Said the Whale for providing the theme music for the show. And you can find them at saidthewhale.com. Okay, so we're going to go with our song of the week this week, which of course is from Sandra Boza. This is her latest single, Good Vibrations. It was almost too easy, that look in your eye It said I was almost home Home for the holidays, maybe even home to stay It's been such a long damn time since I went away There I go again, trying to find that loophole Yeah, get me back around the bend To get me back to those good vibrations Yeah, to get me back in the mood To get me back home with you Went home with you was someplace good And I want to get it back
wish it was easy going back to those good vibrations. Bye. I'll see you next Tuesday.